0: Hi, I'm Cassie, owner of Beyond the Beard New York City and founder of nonprofit Her Chair His Hair. I was asked how many ways Schedulicity has changed and helped my business and my nonprofit over the years, and I cannot even begin to list all of them. But what I will say is that the love, the support, the community that Schedulicity and their team offers is the cherry on top of this already amazing booking and scheduling platform that they have created for our industry. I cannot even imagine where my business would be right now if I had not switched over to Schedulicity almost two and a half years ago. I look forward to the future and to whatever else they may build or add to their platform because so far it has helped me beyond words.
1: Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I'm sitting near my boy, uh, Tony. What's up, buddy? What's up, homie? I yeah. wish I was sitting
2: near you, man.
1: I know. Well, you know, we're in the same town-ish. You know, so. Right,
2: yeah. So, 10, so, 15 uh, what, minutes away. <laughs> exactly.
1: Once again, uh, you know, Tony and I are sitting here in quarantine for the COVID thing. I'm not really sure when it's going to get released, but today, while we're recording it, that's where we are. But um, what's up, buddy, man? How, how you doing? How you, how you doing the whole quarantine
2: thing? Uh, like, I'm my wife is happy because her honey do list is getting done.
3: There it is.
2: So so, I'm doing good, man. I you know I feel blessed and you know that we're healthy and you know we're so far so good. So I can't complain.
1: That's awesome. Love that. Um, we're about the same, you know, we, uh, we, we have a tornado cleanup, so this has given us the ability to, uh, given us the time, I should say, not the ability. I have no abilities, but this has given us the time to kind of, to kind of start the, the cleanup.
2: Hey, but i tell you what, Zoom, Zoom's been great allowing us to continue to, uh, to be able to do our podcast and bringing in our guests and, you know what I mean? So I just, I just really appreciate, you know, Zoom for giving us this platform to be able to do what we do.
1: It is funny. Like we've been using zoom since pretty much the beginning of the podcast, you know, aside from a couple of months, but like now, you know, zoom's like the hot word now. Right. And we're like, what are you talking about? We've been using zoom for years. <laughs> right. uh, big shout out to zoom. Shout out. Yeah. Zoom now sponsoring this podcast. I wish. Um, <laughs> well, They are kinda. <laughs> <laughs> sort of kind of, well, we're paying them. We're, we're sponsoring them. I think right. podcast. so silly. Hey, so, um, I cannot tell you how excited I am about today.
2: Yeah. We've been talking about her for, for over, you know, over a year, man. You know what I mean? She's been on our radar for so long. Uh, It's, it's really nice to making it happen today. I
1: I, I love it. And, and, yeah, two things is, one is, is, is I've kind of teased her about it because literally until this moment, I've never really seen her full face, right? right. And I absolutely love, love that she has this whole Sia kind of like feel to it. Like every, 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 uh, every image that she posts of herself is kind of like, it's like half her face or one eye or her hair melting into her eye or whatever. But I just, I kind of always love that I don't really know who, but we will know by the end of this hour who she is or or what she kind of looked like. I I, kind of dig that. So, so on one hand, I'm a little disappointed that I'm actually looking at her face and I don't mean that in an offensive way. I mean that, I mean that with nothing, but the, but, but the mysterious love of, of, of kiss via 1970s or something, you know, I kind of, I dig that a lot. And two, if you don't follow her, you have to follow her and understand that, that, that from her home in New York, that she is inspiring the entire industry. And I do not mean that uh, lightly. She, uh, she, her name comes up, her name comes up, her name comes up and her name comes up with um with some of the best artists in the industry.
2: Yeah. I mean, dude, like when we were t- over a year ago, when we were watching her, you know, it, 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 there's artists, there's, you know, phenomenal hairdressers. Uh, but she's taking this artistic, thing to a whole new level man and uh the work that she's doing uh you know very few people i mean she's definitely at the forefront you're going to see a lot of people probably copying or mimicking or you know which is probably the the most flattering thing you can uh, ask for as a as an artist right Mm -hmm. someone who's going to kind of like copy your style or mimic you or whatever but she is definitely dude a true artist when it comes to to her her platform
1: uh, completely. And, 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 and I'm going uh, to take, take this opportunity and, and name drop a little bit because, um, you know, uh, when we talked to Chris Benson, he brought her up. When we talked to Rob, the original, he brought her up. When we talked to Presley Poe, Presley brings her up. When we talked to Danielle Kiesling, Danielle Kiesling brought her up. I mean, you know, and, and if your name are pop Those big names, man, and, and all artists, right? Like, like all yeah. of them are like incredible artists. So, you know, the, the fact that the, the fact that she's the artist, inspiring artist should say something. Or says says a bunch, right? It's funny we've been talking about her now for five minutes, but we have yet to bring up her name. So um, <laughs> today, our guest is, and, and honestly, we are we are mega mega honored to have her. Um, her her. Uh, It's Miss Shannon Romano, and if you don't know Shannon Romano, um, she goes by Pigment. And I will tell you, and and I'm going to yell at her a little bit once we get on air with her, but it's definitely the hardest Instagram name in the world to tag, because it's like underscore P, underscore I, underscore G, and then, you know, I I just say, you know what, she's more of an artist than I am, so I'll just take it as artistic whatever, but you know, it's definitely the hardest (laughs) name to tag. But, um, but yeah, man, if you're not following underscore p underscore i underscore etc etc etc, you have to follow her. Her art is insane, like I said, it's inspiring every artist that's in our industry. Um, and I actually can't wait to get into her story.
2: Oh, dude, me either, man. So, you know, what I mean, because I'm sure just so many, probably little small twists and turns, but it, it just I'm sure we're going to go for a ride, and I'm just excited. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm getting on a roller coaster, and you know, a little, little thumping, and just can't wait to get to the story. It's
1: the pigment uh, roller coaster.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh,
1: shall we get in, sir?
2: Let's do it, brother.
1: Let's do it. So, Miss Shannon Romano, pigment, welcome to your day off. Hi guys. Oh, thanks for uh, thanks for making time for us and coming on the show.
4: Thank you, thank you for having me. It was quite the quite the intro. I don't.
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> probably so one wet. of the longest intros uh, that we've done. Is it? Well, um, we're a huge. Yeah. Fan.
4: Okay. First of all, um, the pigment thing. So when I went to to make that my name, it was already a name. Like just as pigment, that's a name. It was like in capitals. It was a name. It wouldn't let me. So it ended up being underscore P underscore I, all these things. <laughs> so that's funny. Cause I get so much about that, but you know, what's funny about that is it's also it, it in a weird way. Like I think it makes me stand out because it like spreads it out. You know what I mean? So yeah. even like when I'm tagged in things with other people, it's here it is. like, here, you know, it stands out more.
1: Yeah, definitely.
4: Um, ironically. And it's just funny because I feel like a lot of the things I've done the past couple years have been that way. Like ironically, in in certain, in certain ways. Um, It's just like, I, I really feel like I've, I've been like, like this was all my destiny. Like I was meant to be in this moment, you know, right here. We're going to get to this
2: moment in a minute. We're going to talk about first, where did you grow up? Where did as a kid? Where? Okay. where did you...
4: Um, I grew up in California, in the high desert. I was I was born in Upland, and I lived in uh, Victorville, the high desert. I lived there till I was twenty-one, and uh, I'm a twin. I don't know if you guys know that or not.
1: Oh, that's awesome! No. You're not. <laughs> is her, un, it's her uh, Instagram handle: underscore t underscore i underscore n. Pretend <laughs> it.
4: No, her actually, her her Instagram is the uh, what is it now? A Jameson Soap Company because she just started a soap company, so that's her. And so uh, she's
2: kind of creative too, huh?
4: Yeah, yeah, she's she's really creative too in a different way, and she's also she's always been more book smart than me. Like she's very good at tech stuff like she whipped up her website in you know a few days and like she knows all the ins and outs like legally these licenses she needs to have and all this stuff and she has a full-time job too but she's just she's amazing in that way I'm always telling her I'm like you need to help me (laughs) (laughs) she's like you can do it anyway
2: so before we we get to you moving out at 21 let's let's talk about pigment as the kid have you always been artistic
4: Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Actually I was thinking about this yesterday and I've always as a kid made videos. Um every summer I would go and hang out with my cousins and we would make videos together. We would make literally we would make um do you guys remember like I don't know if it's still on, Days of Our Lives, like all those what do they call those?
1: Those soap operas?
4: Yeah, soap operas. So <laughs> We would literally make soap operas. We had a soap opera show, Barbara show, and we also had um like a reality show that we made. And so I've always, and it with my dad. My dad's a very creative person, and um, we would make music videos. So I was, I've always kind of been doing that. So it's kind of funny that um I'm still doing that, you know. <laughs> and I mean, I, I I did that a lot as a kid, and then I kind of stopped you know, had kids and all that and all your creative stuff gets thrown out the window at that point. Um, and, but then I kind of came back to it. So that's kind of interesting. I was just thinking about that yesterday, actually. And, um, yeah, so I've always been creative. I mean, I, I, my dad's very artistic. Um, he's always inspired me growing up, you know, he don't, he has like this whole little thing of like, he calls them doodles, but they're better than doodles. and his his kind of his style, his artistic style, I think as a kid, um, I mimicked that a lot. And I think I still kinda do, just like with like his the shapes and the things that he does, or the things that he used to do a lot of. And um so he's definitely been a big influence for me in my art and and all of that. Oh, pretty,
3: growing up. Cool.
4: Yeah. And actually I I live in New York right now and I haven't seen him in like three years, so Maybe that's also kind of why I am doing what I'm doing in a way. Cause it's like, I miss him, but it's like, I connect with him in that way. That's very, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. How did you, uh, how did you find the industry?
4: Um. So, so I wanted to go to art school. I've always really been into photography too. And I I didn't know what I wanted to do necessarily. I always did hair. I always did my friend's hair. I always did my own hair. My older sister actually went to beauty school before me. <clears throat> and, um, but I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, you know, I was a kid um, and I was like, had this epiphany, like, duh, I should go to art school, you know? So I told my dad and he's just like, well, you know, that's not really, I mean, this is, I'm 37. So this is, <laughs> this is many years ago. Um he's just like it's not really a job, you know, it's more of a hobby. It's you know, what are you gonna do with the with an art degree and all this stuff? And
0: he was the one that
4: was like, Well, maybe you should go, you know, maybe you should do hair. And um that's kind of why I did hair. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I liked hair. So my mom actually got her hair done by this guy. He worked for um, he was like a master redkin colorist and, um, this really nice salon and she was telling him about me and he was like, well, I'm looking for an apprentice. So, you know, she really wants to do it. Send her my way and, you know, we'll see what we can do. And so I didn't actually go to beauty school. I was an apprentice, um, straight from the beginning. Like that was literally my first job was, uh, this salon And it's funny because I think I started there when I graduated a little bit early. So from high school. So I think I was probably around 17, 17 and a half, maybe when I started there, I didn't even have a car. Like I would take the bus to go there, you know?
3: Right.
4: And, um, (laughs) I remember my dad would come pick me up after like my first week. And I thought, you know, I worked, I can't remember what it was, nine to five or whatever it was. So to me, I was like, all right, well, it's five o'clock. I just go home, you know, (laughs) so I just, I just left and (laughs) he's just like, you know, it's just when I look back on the things that I did, I'm really grateful for him because, um, he was very patient with me, you know, like I said, it was my first job. But he's like, you know, you just, you gotta let me know and you can't just leave. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I had like these doll heads that I would work on, like when I wasn't working with him or where I wasn't assisting him. And I had, um, this doll head and he, I hated clipper cuts and, um, he's like, okay, the whole clipper over comb, you know, and, oh, I just hated it. So I turned that haircut into a mohawk. And he was just like furious with me. He's like, that better be the best mohawk <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but he he was great. He oh, was, oh, funny, oh. Really,
1: was it the best mohawk he had ever seen?
4: I guess. I mean, he didn't <laughs> complain. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't complain after he saw it. It's funny because I think we kind of helped each other. He was a lot older than me and I was a lot younger and he would say in a lot of ways that me being around him kind of helped him kind of stay more current with, you know, what was going on, like with, you know, the younger crowd and all of that. And, um, so I think we kind of helped each other out a lot in that way. And he would take me, you know, I would go to hair shows with him and, um, I just, I learned so much from him right from the, right from the beginning. I mean, I think, um, just all of it, all the aspects of it. I mean, having to talk to people. And for me, I was so shy as a kid, having to tell someone, you know, I'm going to go wash your hair now, or, you know, having a conversation with people. It was so incredibly awkward. And it, it was definitely good for me. It definitely helped me as far as being able to conversate with people because, you know, in this industry, it's like, you have to literally keep a conversation going, you know, sometimes for a few hours with somebody you don't even know. So, um that alone I think is great.
1: That's awesome. I
4: mean I mean how many jobs are that way, you know, where you have to sit there and talk to conversate with people like that.
1: I can't think of any. offhand. I know.
4: I know. And I think that alone has helped me in a in a lot of just different interviews I've had, um, different connections I've made. And um yeah, so I'm grateful for that. And as an apprentice, I so let me think. Here, this is a while ago, a while back.
1: You, Shannon, you find it? Um, <laughs> did you find did you find doing hair easy, or, or or were there some things that you were just completely challenged about? Um, like you know, clipper over comb, uh,
4: I would say, like technically, yeah, I think those things are are very hard in the beginning. Just even holding a comb, or you know, cutting with scissors the proper way, and the whole clipper over comb, all of that. Um, I always really loved cutting and coloring so for me when I would go to these hair shows too I would see you know these people they either did color or they cut and I was like well I like both I didn't really know I never really knew which one I wanted to do more of um I still love doing both but I think color for me came more naturally um it just kind of clicked and uh I I mean I I don't know I can't really compare to whether or not I, it was easy or not. I mean, I worked in a salon I didn't work with other people that were just learning. It was just me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I worked with people that were already good at what they did. They were, you know, so I think maybe if I had gone to beauty school, um, maybe that would have been more obvious. Like when I would do certain things to see like, Oh, okay, well maybe I'm, you know, better at this or, or whatever, but <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't have that. But, um, but my boss would always tell me, you know, he'd always tell me, you know, you're, you're really good. And the one thing he told me when I moved to to Vegas, he told me, he said, if you don't make it, that's your fault. He's like, you, you're good enough to be really good in this industry. And if you'd not, and if you don't succeed in this industry, it's your fault. And that was just, I think at the time. I mean, I was 21. You know, it's the only job I had ever had, and I was just kind of like, okay, like well, you know, whatever. Um, I just, as a kid, you don't think you really take anything too seriously, and um, I, but I did do hair. I did, I did hair when I moved to Vegas, and then.
3: What took you to I, Vegas?
4: I was Victor was a small town. Um, when I got my license there. Uh There was a girl that was just leaving the salon, and I got a lot of her clientele and so for me i I honestly I never struggled with with building a clientele um it It came pretty easy, so I think I just had this mindset that it's just easy <laughs> and i was like okay well i don't want to live in I knew i didn't want to live in Victorville my entire life i didn't want to stay there and build and <clears throat> establish myself too much there and then not ever be able to go anywhere else. Um, I thought about moving, you know, to LA, LA or Vegas was kind of like what I was deciding on, but LA was just so expensive. it's just like, you know, I can go to Vegas. I had a, a friend that I worked with that, that moved out there and she's like, you need to come to Vegas. It's a lot cheaper out here. You know, you can do hair here. And I went out there and I loved it. So that's kind of why I was just like, all right, you know, it's a lot cheaper. And, um, I got, I started working at a salon right away when I moved there, but, but it was really hard and I don't think I realized how difficult that is to, to start over again, you know? Um, Especially because right off the bat, I had it so easy. I think I just assumed it was easy. And when you do hair in a small town, I think that it is in a lot of ways, it's easier to grow because word of mouth is huge and also it's a small town so you know or it gets out fast right i mean i I remember like i did a I did a short a haircut on a lady you know a short haircut she loved it i got like 10 clients just from that because i knew how to cut short hair and in vegas it's such a transient city people come and go all the time um and there's a salon on every corner and it was completely different. And I'd always, I started out booth rent. And uh, when I moved to Vegas, I started out in booth rent too. And so I think I learned a lot about how to go about starting over.
1: When you were in Vegas, did you work right on the strip or were, or were you kind of like in like the town of Vegas?
4: No, I worked in the town of Vegas and um, you know, location is key in the area where I worked was just starting out. You know, it was just kind of starting to build. And so, and it was booth rent and it was a really nice salon. I can't even remember now what, how much I had to pay a day, but it wasn't working out. And I told my sister and I saved a lot of money before I moved. So that was good. But I just told my sister one day and I'm like, we need to get a job. You know, like this isn't, this isn't going to cut it. And so we did, we went out and we got jobs and we worked at Target. And, um, I'm trying to think now, so I worked at Target. I did hair.
1: You went to Vegas with your sister. Is that, was that your twin sister?
4: Yeah. Yeah. We both moved out there together. And, um, so yeah, so we, we, we kind of did it all together. I Me, and she did hair too for a while.
1: Okay.
4: And, um, yeah, so then I was just kind of working two jobs doing hair and, it I think I just got to the point where I was just feeling frustrated with it. It just didn't feel worth it to me. Um, it wasn't the right salon. It wasn't the right situation. And, um, you know, at the time I just saw it as, oh, this is just, this just isn't for me. You know, yeah. I'm just, I've outgrown it. I'm not into it. And looking back on it, I don't believe that's true. I just believe it was the wrong, it was the wrong scenario, you know, and, um, that's everything. Like the first salon I worked at was so, it still is my favorite experience. It was so like family. It felt like family, you know, we were all, they were all booth friends, but they were all still really close and it just felt like family. Everybody knew each other. Um, I don't know it it was it was just different and I don't know if that too maybe it's just because it was a smaller town but doing hair in Vegas was definitely a different ball game um (laughs) even the you know even the clients I would have um just totally different totally different situation
1: when you were living in Vegas were you still like uh you know not just with hair but were you were you um pursuing like artistic endeavors and stuff or was it
4: no, I kind of got out of doing art and all that. Even even still, like, I'll, I'll tell people, you know, the first thing I ever painted on was when I, like, I think the Bansky was one of the first things I ever painted ever on anything. Wow, really? Um, not just hair, but just anything. And I never painted on canvas because I didn't think I was a good painter. Um, I was more into, like, pastels and charcoal and stuff like that. I mean I I, you know I took art classes in high school and stuff, but after that I kind of fell out of it. I think that it's it's one of those things that it's almost like exercise. Like you really have to put in the work to get better and you have to like be kind of conditioned to like set the time aside to to work on that, you know? And I think just as you know, a young person it wasn't on my I wasn't on the top of my list of to dos. Um, but we'll get, I guess we'll get into how that all came about. (laughs) I just, I, I put it on the back burner for a long time. I had my kids and I, um, there was just always something inside me that felt like something was missing and not that I was like a very, I wasn't like a, I would get depressed and anxious and stuff like that, like everybody, but. I was also, I had kids um, really close together. And then I was also working full-time, not doing hair at this. You meet your
2: home? Point. So the father of your kids, did you meet him in Vegas? Yeah.
4: Yeah. So I worked at <laughs> Target. I worked with this guy. <laughs> and he was like, hey, you know, try. you should get a job at, at the airport. I'm trying to get a job there. Um, you know, they pay really good, hourly is better than here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, all right, you know, cool. Like I need to make more money. It sounds cool working at the, at the airport. And so I did, I got a job there. I worked for TSA <clears throat> and uh, that's where I met my, my husband.
1: Your husband worked at TSA?
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I just, had just started working there for a couple months and then he came onto my shift and it's funny. Cause I always tell the story, the, like one of the first conversations I ever had with him, I, cause I have a, you know, sleeve tattoo. And I worked at, you know, the airport, so I had to wear long sleeves, but I think it was kind of showing a little bit. Right. And, um, he was just like, oh, you'll, you know, you'll never like be able to get a real job with a tattoo like that. And I'm just looking at him and I'm like, I'm working next to you, aren't I? Like, (laughs) this is not, (laughs) this is not a real job. So I think after that, I didn't think he saw me in that way as like wanting to be with me or whatever. Um, so it's kind of funny that we ended up up together. I'm, I'm way more this way than he is. So I think that we kind of balance each other out a lot in that way. But he also worked. He's from New York and he, he moved out there with his brother. Um, and he also worked at MGM. And so he would talk to me about that, and I was pretty fascinated by that. He was a stagehand. He would tell me, you know, yeah, we work on shows, and you know, we build sets and all this stuff. And I was like, well, that's cool. I was—I've always been the kind of person that, oh, what's that like? I want to try that. Well, I want to do that. You know, right. um, it's really hard for me to—I couldn't ever imagine just having the same job. I, mean, I really appreciate that people can do that. It's definitely not me. Um, my dad would always tell me, he's like, my dad had the same job for 30 years and he just would tell me, you know, you always got these different jobs and you know, you're always moving around all this stuff. And I always saw it kind of, as a bad thing. Um, I don't know, but like anything in life, you can see it as a bad thing or you can see it as a good thing. And so I feel like I've gained a lot of different experiences having a lot of different types of jobs.
1: So you started working with your husband at MGM?
4: Yeah. So I was like, I want to do that. And so I, <laughs> I knew I nothing about, you know, being a stage yeah. hand. I actually started out as a conversion tech and
1: what's a conversion tech.
4: So conversion tech is basically a stage hand that just gets paid a lot less money and does a lot more of the grunt work. Um, and so I did that and I, you know, putting bleachers together and um you know like the people that set out all the chairs like when there's a concert and um just all the behind the scenes of a production of anything you know it could whatever it is if it's a convention for something or like for hair or if it's um you know a concert whatever it is like that's the stuff that we would do is put all that together um I would see these stagehands they were all black and I was just like, man, like, you know, they'd be unloading the trucks and stuff and building the sets and um, they ran like the spotlights for the concerts and different things. And I was like, well, how do I get that job? You know,
3: <laughs> <We're all black. laughs>
4: and so I just kept doing that and just like, how do I, how do I do that? Cause I know they made more money than I made. And, um, you know, so I went and I took this class to be able to do that. I learned how to tie knots and I learned some stuff about lights and all that and then I remember having I had this huge meeting with like all these head you know MGM people probably like five of them and I had to like do you know tie knots and do all these things in front of them and I ended up getting the job but I ended up getting pregnant with my first daughter and because of that they told me they were like well you know you can't work on set and stuff but you can run the spotlight so being a spotlight operator was a really really hard thing to get into like everybody wanted to do it but not you don't need you know 50 spotlight operators you only need four or five so um because I was pregnant I got to do that and so that was really cool I remember my my first concert was um Andre Pacelli you know who that is yeah yeah sure uh I was so nervous (laughs) I was so nervous I don't, I don't know why, but like, I always push myself to do things that, that scare the shit out of me, but I have to do it. I don't know. And so I just ran a spotlight for them and then. Shannon, that's a great
1: thing to have though, right?
4: Yeah. I mean,
3: I anyway, mean, <laughs> it's, it's,
4: it's worked out so far, you know, and um, I met up with one of my friends that worked for MGM after I had my daughter and she was telling me how she was working on Larev. Um, I don't know if you know what Larev is, but it's like a <laughs> water show. Kind of like a, like a it's not a technically Cirque show, but it's a water show, uh, resident show in Vegas. And she was running Spotlight for them. And I was like, man, that's so awesome. Like, that's like the dream, you know, in um, that industry is to get into that. It's in, it's really good money. And so I was like, well, I want to get into that, you know? And so, like I said before with doing hair, I feel like all these jobs that I ended up having, I definitely wasn't qualified for. Um, I feel like I, I, I was able to get because I could conversate with people well, and that all stemmed from doing hair, you know? Right. Um, so I ended up having an interview for that and I got the job just cause they liked me. I remember my first day on that, on that job, I was so nervous because I always heard these horror stories of, you know, um, if you screw up, you get fired. I mean, it's like, it's like a, it's like a big show and, um, I was so nervous and you're supposed to, they're supposed to, you're kind of supposed to shadow someone for a week and for whatever reason they were like, Oh, we will just put you on today. And I was just like, "All right," and I ended up going in the bathroom. And I was just like, "Ooh, like dry heaving" because I was so nervous. And <laughs> at so at Lorev, I don't know if you've seen the show or not, but the way um, that is set up, it's it's a it's a circle, so everything looks the same, exactly the same from every angle. So in the dark, I had part of my job was I ran this spotlight in the beginning of the show. And then after that, that intro of the show was over, I I had to turn that light off and then go and go like up this elevator, around these stairs to this other spotlight and run the rest of the show. And I was so lost. I I was like literally running around.
1: You got lost in the building?
4: I got lost. Yeah. Because it's like, everything looks exactly the same. It's hard to explain, but it was also, it was really dark because the show was going on. And I remember it was during this part of the show where everything's red. It was my, it was my worst nightmare. Like <laughs> come to life, you know, like, I'm not going to find my light. I'm going to get fired. Um, but it ended up, it ended up working out. So, mm-hmm. and then I had my other, I had another baby and, <laughs> and, um, I took some time off from working there cause and then I got really sick when I was pregnant with him. And, um, when I ended up, you know, going back and, and, uh, when he was, when he was born and everything, I ended up going to the Elvis show, which is a Cirque show and, um, there for a while
1: to that show. You know, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, uh, like Elvis Johnny cash is kind of my, uh, my foundation, man. I've always kind of wanted to do that show. How many, how many, So when you did like the Elvis show, like how many, uh, how many did you sit
2: through? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) That's the answer right there.
4: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) That, let me tell you, it it was towards the end and actually that show closed, but right before it closed, I was actually talking to the department that did hair because I was just done. I couldn't run a spotlight anymore. It was, it was maddening at this point. Um, Cause yeah, you watch the same show, not once a day, but twice a day. Right. And, and I was, um, I was one of the ones that like kind of moved around. So like when people weren't there, I run, I would run their cues or I would run these cues. So it was, for me, it was even better because it wasn't exactly the same light every night. Right. But, um,
2: but, did, but if you hear the music now, does it, do you like, does it take you back there to us? Uh... Okay. you know what
4: I would I would always tell myself I was I was like you know what one day they say you know one day I'm gonna look back on this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss it like somehow some way I'm gonna miss this and? so when I would hear songs I would think about that I was like one day I'll hear this song and I'll remember this moment you know and you know ironically enough yeah there are things about it I miss but it's very very repetitive mm-hmm. um it's really good money, but it's so repetitive and they call it the golden handcuffs because you're like stuck, you know? And so I think for me, I just got frustrated because all these jobs that I always thought, Oh, I want to do that. And then I did it. It still didn't, it wasn't what I ended up wanting, you know,
1: before we move on, did you do the show enough or did you do enough of? with all the shows that you did did you do enough where especially with the Cirque show where you could start seeing mistakes and stuff that were being done like from the artist
3: oh
4: yeah yeah and those artists they work so hard and just what they put their body through every night is it's insane and no and there's there's been times I've screwed up I mean especially towards the end because I was so like (laughs) about it (laughs) I would like forget to turn my light off and it would be like a dark. There's this one part where um, this guy's playing the guitar (laughs) and then I'm supposed to fade out on him. And the, the, you know, the drapes come down and I was like in La La -La Land, not paying attention. So he finishes, you know, his thing. And then the drapes come down. Here's my huge spotlight, just shining on the black drape. (laughs) And they're just like, Shannon, are you there?
2: Like, oh you know <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so
4: yeah, that's happened a few times.
2: But you know, as you were starting to move on before we brought you back, so you were saying that you know something about it just wasn't fulfilling. You know, yeah. and, is, and and we all go through that. You know, certain things, uh, but you know, there's something that you're still hungering for, still searching for, and you know, so when you decide to leave, what did you do?
4: I, But that's the thing is like my whole life I've been searching for, you know, and I was getting to a point where I just was starting to feel really disappointed because I didn't know what it was that was missing. I knew something was missing. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to find it. Um, and it was really frustrating and, and it's disappointing. And I remember, you know, like having my kids and stuff and you got to think about them and you got to like work and make money. But like, for me, it's just, I have to enjoy what I'm doing. I just have to, or it just literally, like, it just like kills me from the inside out. It's like crippling. And um, when I had, you know, I had my kids, that was always great. I always really loved being home with them and all of that. And actually towards the end of doing Elvis, I decided I was like, all right, I think I need to go back to doing hair and I was going to start doing hair for Elvis, but then the show ended up closing. So that didn't happen, but, um, I did end up going back to doing hair. I worked in a commission salon for a little while. Um, but still wasn't, wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't, it didn't fill that void, you know, and I loved doing hair, but I just knew it just wasn't the, in the way I was doing it. It wasn't me. Um, So ironically enough, (laughs) you know, Instagram comes around and like I, like I started doing here before social media ever existed. And I think if it had existed back then, I don't know. I kind of curious what, what maybe would have been different for me because I just always felt like I wanted more from the industry, but I didn't know how to go about getting it. And Nowadays, it's just, it's so much easier. And I think I just really appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate Instagram for, for that platform of just being able to really get those jobs and make those connections that just wasn't even possible back then, you know?
2: And back to your childhood love, really. That's, I mean, really social media. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Creating content, Mm -hmm. you know, I've always loved creating content and um, so I moved to New York after I had my fourth baby.
2: Were you married by this time? <laughs>
4: yes. <laughs> I can't tell you. We'll be here for five hours if I tell you my whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got, yeah, we were married and then, um, we moved, we moved to New York when he, when my, my fourth baby was, I think we started putting our house up or so when he was like three months old, which is insane. Um, I don't recommend that, but, um, I was ready for something different. I lived in Vegas for a while at this point, I think over 10 years. And I don't know, I was just, I was ready. I was, was bored. I was ready. I knew I wanted to eventually get back into hair at some point. Um, so I wanted to live closer to New York city. And so I was just like, all right, well, let's go, you know? And my husband, he's really good at like renovating houses. He's he's just, he's really good at it. He, he loves it. And he wasn't happy at his job. And I was just like, you know, I know how important that is to to enjoy what you do. And I knew he was so good at, at this. Um, and so I was like, well, let's go. And his brother actually lives here and, and owns a property management company and does all of that. So I was like, you need to go there. You need to do that. And you'll be... I knew like he needed that and I knew like with what I wanted to do I could kind of do it from anywhere eventually maybe (laughs) so yeah so we moved and um I had this baby and we lived with my brother-in-law for the first I think year that we were out here wow so um,
1: four kids with your brother-in-law yeah you guys still talk
4: yeah I know right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know I feel bad because he he has a huge house though his house is huge and um Goodness. he really just wanted us to come out here I think he really wanted his brother to kind of be out here doing the same stuff he's doing um because they're really similar in that way and so he just just like dealt with it kind of thing but we definitely took over his house for sure <laughs> and it wasn't easy you know it, it wasn't easy on him it wasn't easy on me I think like Because I was still, I was at home with my baby and I, it's hard to be like a stay at home mom in somebody else's house, you know? Um, So I really struggled with that. Not only that, but like, I missed my family a lot. I didn't have my own space to do anything. I was just, you know, breastfeeding this baby all day long. Like it was, it was a really hard time for me. And I struggled a lot. Um, I think I got to a point where I just didn't even want to be here anymore. I was just like, all right, I don't want to live here. I want to move back. But I just knew like that wasn't even really possible at the time. So I think when you're in a situation where you aren't happy and you have, you can't change it um, there's, there's just, there's nothing more depressing than that, you know? And I fought that a lot. I fought it and just got really, really depressed. Just like mentally, I think when you mentally get that depressed, it like physically starts to bring you down you're just like, you're mentally not there. You're mentally giving up and like your body just starts to give up, you know? And I just like,
1: you think some of it was like postpartum
4: I mean, I thought about that maybe, but but then again, no, because <laughs> once I finally got we got into our own space, I just like just exploded like and that's what that's that's what you're seeing now, like from me and my page is just this explosion of like everything that i've I've been putting off for so long, like that's me mm-hmm. um finally coming out again, you know, and it just like
1: are, are you took working, over. <laughs> are you working in a salon?
4: No. So I was just home with my baby and I was just like, you know, I'm, I don't want to start over again in that way. I, I'm not happy like working behind the chair in that way. And I saw what was happening with Instagram and I was just like, I want to somehow make that happen. And what I loved about Instagram is, you know, there were these content creators in the beauty industry that were starting to come out and just exploding, working from home, creating content, and not necessarily with hair, but in like with makeup. And I was just, I loved that idea, and I loved the idea of somehow incorporating that into um, like being doing hair, right. like doing what they did with makeup and stuff, but like being creative in that way with hair. And, um, I just finally was like, all right, well, you know, I'm home with my baby and might as well see what, let's just see what happens. Like maybe I'll open an Etsy shop and sell extensions and wigs and work with brands or, you know, like, let's just see what happens kind of thing. And, um, that's just kind of where it all, where it all started from. And ironically now, like with the way things are, um I feel like my the past like couple years of my life have been preparing me like for this moment in time where like we can't leave our house. But um I've already gotten to the point where I just had to like learn to like just appreciate and be happy with like the little things in life and um still just do things at home and be creative, even if it's not for anything else, but it's just like to to fill my own void and like make me happy. Mm-hmm. um and that's all that's it you know because at the end of the day like if you're if you're happy that's all that matters and then I just feel like when you're enjoying what you're doing in that way it, like it, it all has to start from a passion you know and if you leave with passion I just feel like it will the path will clear somehow That's how
2: it's, that's how it's been. yeah but before you started to uh you know you said you know maybe I'll sell extensions or you know uh wigs or anything you know on Etsy or whatever and, and you, you were a stay-at-home mom but did you get back into painting and drawing and I mean how did this this whole thing evolve
4: um no I mean I just started doing it on hair and I know my dad was like well why don't you paint on canvas or why don't you, you know draw on you know paper and stuff and I'm like dad I don't have time for that. I don't even have time to be doing what I'm doing right now. Like I need to, I need to learn how to get good at doing it in this way <clears throat> because this is my thing, you know? <laughs> and, uh,
2: truly. That's
4: what I mean too. It's just, it, it's almost like it's been my destiny. Um, even like I said, you know, in the beginning with wanting to go to art school and like wanting to do photography and stuff, it's just kind of funny, how i ended up incorporating that into doing hair you
1: know well the the industry caught up right like you know when when the first thing when instagram popped off you know and i know tony and i had the conversation and i had a conversation with a few people even before really we were on instagram i said you know the next big thing in our industry is going to be photography because now we're now we're becoming very image conscious and 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 as an artist you're going to have to learn that because you know you can't have a photographer in the salon with you all the time and it's pretty much exactly what's happened like you know hairdressers are 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 are, are, are the better photographers out there right now you know um just for yeah. so what what did it feel like 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 you said that you've had this void you know you've been struggling with this void when when you first like when you first painted, when you painted your first wig or your first extension, did, did you kind of feel like that void being, being filled or, or, or or is it something that we're still, you're still searching for or, and then on top of that, what was the first, uh, what was the first hair painting picture that, that you posted?
4: So when I, when I was living in Vegas still, after I had my third baby, I, was just kind of starting to see the whole Instagram thing happen. And, um, actually back then was when I started to do my Instagram, I started coloring extensions and all that and taking photos. It did not last long, maybe just a few months before I ended up getting pregnant with my fourth kid. And then I just stopped everything. But, so I started it, um, coloring on extensions and stuff, you know, probably like five years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I came back to it just more recently, I, I think anytime you start something and you stop, you feel like, you know, like that part of my life is over or, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. But like you always kind of pick up where you left off, but then you have a new perspective on that and then it just changes and evolves with you. So when I picked it up again and I started doing it, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know why I started painting on hair quite honestly. I think for me it was I wanted to really tell a story within a photograph and that wasn't necessarily at the at when I started just painting on here with actual paint, I was at the point where I couldn't do what I wanted to do with color, with hair color. So I would add these extra, you know, little things, little details um on top with with body paint. And the more I did that the the better I got at doing that with hair color you know and I think with some of the stuff I do people are probably confused like okay well is this hair color or is this paint or you know what is this um and even back then I I started to kind of blow up as like this person that like painted with with body paint on hair and I didn't even know if that was necessarily what I wanted to be known for because like I was a colorist you know Right. Yeah, and I just felt like it was maybe kind of confusing, like, well, what is it? What is she doing? Um, but now I just kind of feel like, whatever, like, I'm just, I do all of it, you know? Uh, it's all me. Um, but the first thing I painted, I was, it was this lady in a, in water, in a lake. And I remember painted it. And I was just like oh my god like how did I do that you know um I was so proud and (laughs) I remember I showed my husband he was just kind of like what is it and I was just like crushed you know like what is it what do you mean what is it uh it was like the back of her it was like hair and um he didn't see he couldn't see it you know and Uh, that kind of bursted my bubble a little bit but I don't know I I think I surprise I think when you do things then you surprise yourself and you're just like wow I'm actually kind of good at this you know it like made me it just fueled the fire even more and it gave me even more confidence to like keep trying it it but it,
1: it fuels the fire and its validation right so like they yeah. kind of, kind of work hand in hand. When was it like like what? Well, do you remember the first one that the first uh, piece that you um that you posted and it just like it blew up? Which one was that? Yeah,
4: yeah. The, <laughs> that was the when I did the Bansky, and I've always loved that image, that Bansky image.
1: Right, it's the and, girl like you're like chasing the uh the the balloon or something, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I um i mean if you look i i'm on i have a lot of stuff in pinterest i mean i've always been a fan of art and um saving it and a lot of Bansky stuff i love and and i remember it was for it was for a valentine's day and i had kind of like i had made this wig with pink and i at the what i wanted to do was like create like this heartbeat on this hair and it wasn't coming out right and i was getting frustrated with it and i was like well maybe i'll just try it with like you know, maybe I'll just do with body paint. And then I, um, you know, I saw the Vansky image and I was like, Oh, that'd be cool to like put that in there somewhere too, you know? And, um, so I just did it and I I was really surprised myself how good it looked, (laughs) honestly. Um, because like I said, like I didn't practice, I didn't practice painting. I, I didn't consider myself great at it, you know? And, um, I remember when I took pictures of that, I was told, I told my husband, I'm like, man, this is going to break the internet.
1: (laughs) It did. did Everything, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. It really put me on the map. Um, for sure.
1: Hey, Shannon, do you think, uh, you think Bansky's seen it?
4: I don't even, I'm not sure he's even on Instagram. I know that he has, like, like there's different Instagrams, like fan pages. It's hard to know which if one of them is actually him, I've tagged him in it. Mm -hmm. Um. So I don't know, but I don't even know if he would like that I've done it. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of a Mm -hmm. weird thing too. Is it blew up, and I almost felt like I just like I couldn't even take credit for that because it wasn't. It's not my. I didn't create that. Like that. That's his art. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. So for a while too, I was just kind of like, I can't just be known for this. Like this isn't even like it didn't feel like mine. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. Like I didn't feel like I, I. could take credit
1: for that so but Shannon as great as that piece was there you know you can you can go through your you can scroll through your feed and your evolution has been extraordinary you know I oh, mean, thank it's, you. it's just it, it's amazing like honestly your your images are 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 the ones that I look forward to seeing you know and <laughs> And the really cool thing too is that, and you know, I, I think that only one percent of the people on Instagram actually can do this or have done this is that when you scroll through, you know, you know that it's a Shannon piece, right? Like B seen if you scroll through and you're scrolling through fashion, like oh, that's a B seen picture, right? Uh, Presley's got a little bit of that, Presley. Like you scroll through and you're like, oh, that's a Presley piece, you know. But but very very few people um kind of a, a brand themselves. The, their brand is, 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 noticeable, you know, w- when you scroll through there and, and, and that, you know, again, that's 1% of, of anybody on Instagram. So, you know, big, major kudos to kudos to, uh, to you in, in, in that branding That's extraordinary, um, you know, uh, now Aww. it helps when it's your face or at least like part of your face. Right. I know.
4: Right. <laughs> well, that's like, that's too, that's the whole thing with, you know, um, makeup gurus, it's always them you know? Yeah. And so I think like, there's a connection there with that. Like if you look at a lot of makeup pages and like the comments and stuff like that, like people really engage with that because it's like, they're still, they're seeing that person every week or, you know, every day or whatever it is. Um, so there's more of a connection there and that's kind of what I wanted to create too. Like with what I do, with, but just, you know, with hair. Um, but in the beginning, I think I was a little, nervous about that. I didn't want it to necessarily, I didn't want people to necessarily know it was me. Um, I think a lot of the things that like looking back on that I saw is like my, you know, insecurity, just as far as like, well, I don't have a model or, you know, I don't have like the the best photography or this or that. I just have to like be resourceful and and, and work and be creative like with what I have. But it's like, that's the thing that ironically, is what makes you stand out, you know? So if you see, you know, if you see those things, um, the things that you see as your downfalls could, could quite honestly be the thing that sets you apart. And I think that for sure um, is what I've learned at least over the past, you know, year, year and a half is to just really own it and just be proud of of what you what you're creating even if you feel like it's not good enough or you know it's not a big enough production or whatever i mean like there was a girl that i used to watch all the time on youtube um and she like very low production made her own you know little i i movie videos but she was so good at it like she was so creative in the way that she did it it didn't even matter that she didn't have all this like, you know, smoke and mirrors and lights and all these things. And that's, that's when I think I really realized too, is you don't have to have that, you know, and not only that, but that isn't relatable to most people. And it's not as attainable to most people. So people like to see um, themselves in you, you know, and they like to see what you're creating and that they can see it in a way that, oh, well, it's, you know, she's doing that from home or she's just using her iPhone or. Um, uh,
2: but how in the world, you know, as a mother of four, and especially here we are, you know, we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, we're in quarantine. You know, obviously you're doing some homeschooling with with your kids and stuff, but how in the world are you still finding time or making time to still be creative and, and, you know, and doing what you I know. Want?
4: I know. I mean, and I think, <laughs> I think that stems from passion. Um, it, it, a lot of times, like even like looking back, like, like you said, like, I'll look back at the stuff I've done in the past and I'm just like, oh, you know, it's okay. But like, what kept me going from that point? Like, why did I keep doing it? Even though, like looking back, at, I'll look at things and I'll think this was so dumb or this wasn't good or whatever. But what kept me going was just like the passion for it and how much I enjoyed it and how much it filled me. Um, And I think in the beginning and well, probably always um, that's what keeps you going, you know, is, is the passion and passion, borderline obsession. Like I finally found like that thing that I felt was missing um, for so long. And so I'm happy to do it. I mean, like lately, I'd I'd say just with my kids being home and everything, it's definitely been harder. And I think that there's definitely a point where you have to, for me, if I'm not enjoying it, it won't be as good, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'll definitely take breaks from it and stuff, but it doesn't take me as much time as it used to, to do a lot of things. I put a lot of work into being able to do what I do, um, in a, in a shorter amount of time, but like a year ago, Probably almost every single day you know I would practice and and color hair and like do all of that every day every day for hours, and you know after my kids would go to bed or i would you know they'd go to bed and I would work on stuff for a few hours and then get up in the morning and you know take care of my kids, but it was easy because I loved it, you know, um I was so passionate about it that it that literally like it, like. I was able to do that for even still I'm able to to sustain that because I just enjoy it.
2: That's awesome.
1: That's really, it is really awesome. And like, you've kind of created your own technique and stuff, you know, like you're uh you're uh you've created your own technique. And, and I know that, um, I guess when we were talking to Amy Lynn or something and she was kind of telling us how, you know, you, uh, when you, t- when you teach your technique, how it's, it's uniquely Shannon. <laughs>
4: Yeah. I mean, I don't even know, I don't know, like if I have a real specific technique or not, I, I kind of, even when I did here behind the chair, I've always really enjoyed, um, um, like color corrections. Like that was my thing. I loved it. Cause I just loved having to like figure it out, you know, and every time it was always different, your approach had to be different. And so with what I do now, it's the same thing. Like every week when I come up with something new, in my mind, I have to, I never go about things necessarily the same exact way. It it depends on what I'm doing, you know, what I'm creating that week. And so like, I think that kind of also is what keeps me from getting bored, um, is that I have to constantly like change it up, you know, like it, like almost like a color correction in the way I see things. Like, okay, well, how should I go about this? Or what color should I do to this first? And then wash those colors out together because it'll tone this color. And you know what I mean? Like
3: right.
4: just really having to figure all that out in my brain. Um, I just love that. So it's hard, like, I don't know, for me to come up to say, like, I have a specific technique or not because it's just, it's always different. Right. Um, but like at the, some of the shows, when I when I teach things too, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult because it took me, it took me a long time to kind of get to where I'm at with it. And so when I look back on it and I see like where I started and then like, I'll see people that are just starting out and, you know, I'll be helping them to do things. Um, It's totally, it's totally different as far as teaching, teaching wise, I don't want to come off in a way that it's discouraging
3: Um,
4: because, because coloring on hair, it's not easy, you know? And Um, it's not easy, but it's possible. Um, and you just have to practice it. Like you have to practice it all the time. And so I know like one of the events that I did, I was just literally teaching people how to just, how to put a line on hair, you know, like it kind of really all starts there. And, um, that's the thing I think with educating now is just like, I just really want to encourage people to try, even if they, they, try and they don't like what they did like to not give up and to keep practicing and like it you know i didn't get here overnight like it took a while
3: you don't do
1: like uh youtube tutorials or anything about how uh, how to paint on hair
4: um no i want to start some online courses pretty soon um
1: definitely should
4: yeah yeah i think i think that that kind of is like my goal right now is to do all that and um just to really solidify the being able to work from home, you know, um, doing what I love. And yeah, so I've, I've been putting, I keep putting it on the back burner, <laughs>
3: right.
4: but I definitely need, need time, to get that going. It's,
1: it's time to do it, Shannon. You know, it's time to do it. I know. To get those videos. Yeah.
4: You know, what's funny is I did one a couple weeks ago. I created my own kind of, you know what a hair topper is? It's like it cascades over the top of your head.
1: it's like like a girl's toupee
3: yeah (laughs)
4: so um i don't have any of those in my house those aren't even i mean those are really expensive and if you're trying to create new content every week like to me it just isn't feasible to do in that way so i created using Webs, i created my own i guess like hair topper and it 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 blew up it it blew up. Um, it's still blowing up. I think it, it's like over 20,000 likes wow. and it's cool because I feel like people are finally like coming around to what I, what I'm doing. Like they're really kind of getting it, which is cool. Um, and that's something that like anyone can create at home, you know, you can create like your own, like these toppers and a lot cheaper and, you know, practice a lot more in that way. So, I just, I just, I'm really excited about, you know, where the industry is going right now Mm -hmm. and just being a part of it. And I'm, I'm glad I, I
1: came back to it how weird is it and and i'll speak for tony and i you know like you know we started this podcast and you know we still do it you know um out of our studios in a in a a bedroom in my in my house you know so it's really weird to even think that anybody's like paying attention outside of this bedroom right (laughs) How, how weird is it like like i know like you're pretty isolated there in new york but you know even like when at the beginning of the podcast when you know we shouted out all the people we've talked to that have talked about you and again that that was all instigated, they they kind of brought you up but just kind of, kind of how weird is that when you're like wow somebody outside of my own house is paying attention
4: it's very weird it's not even i don't i don't think about it i um i think my brain would explode if i actually let it sink in mm-hmm. there there <laughs> i <laughs> i don't it, it's very weird um there was a that came out in modern salon a couple months ago um this photo shoot that i did with um danielle kiesling and i didn't know what was coming out like in the magazine and like so seeing that and like seeing me being a part of that and everything and i don't know why why but like at that moment it just kind of everything just kind of hit me that i've done do you- and i i couldn't stop crying it was really bizarre um i think because it took me maybe because it took me uh, by surprise. Like I didn't expect it. I don't know what it was. Why was this, that, this thing,
1: but. page article on you too, though. Right. In modern.
4: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But all of that, I think, um, even from the beginning, things that have happened, I I haven't, um, processed processed it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I just cried a lot and I just couldn't stop it. Like I didn't like how it made me feel. It it was, it was really weird. Um, I don't even know how to explain it, but, <laughs> but it made me, and you know, I'm just like this little person with like this following, but like it really made me think about like these people that just explode on the internet and like have all these things happen. Um, kind of made me, like it made me feel in a way, you know, bad for them because it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot to take on. And like you said, I'm just kind of in this bubble in my house. So I don't know, maybe it just doesn't even, maybe to me, like, it's not even real.
3: Right,
2: I don't know. <laughs> I try not to think about it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm
2: not thinking because, about it. Just keep doing what you're doing.
1: <laughs> that's it. Exactly. I mean, I know. Hey, am I the only person that's ever made the Sia a comparison?
4: <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, that was that, funny when you said that. Means that. yes.
3: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was funny. like,
4: oh, that's cool. I like that. Um, I yeah. think that I do that because. I'm trying to show the hair as much as possible, but also like, I hate front front on shots of my face. Don't I, I have like this lazy eye. I call it my lazy eye. Um, I don't look good like in a front and if it's like my face and then you can't just, I just want to focus on the hair, I guess. But I guess in a, in a weird way, it kind of became my thing.
3: (laughs) It it Totally
1: is your trademark, man. And it's, 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 it's very, very mega cool and i well I, I you know
4: it's funny cuz i don't even think most people realize who i am when they meet me cuz i don't look like any of those pictures in real life you know uh,
1: exactly well so, you know, to be honest um when when we uh when when uh we brought you guys on for the presley poe and thing presley poe and friends event you know th- there's a part of me that was like I really don't want to meet Shannon because I like, I like the allure of like of her being like this almost anonymous kind of person. So, I mean, I kind of dug that, but I mean, obviously I'm happy to meet you and I'm happy to kind of work with you. And and I can't wait to watch you. I can't wait. I can't wait on a personal level, watch you paint hair, you know, and, and you know, where, where you'll be presenting it on stage, we get to watch you work and that's, I can't tell you how exciting that is. That is for us. And, and I can't tell you how exciting um, that, uh, it's going to be working with 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 you and presley and and amy Lynn and josh and and of course sam via i mean it just you know as we go through as we go through the list man it just it, it blows me away and and you know i it's weird and and you know sometimes tony and i look at each other and be like god man we're really working with sam via like it it's just it, it's just crazy and so surreal for us you know it's it, it's, it's
4: i know no i mean right, I'm right there with you right yeah, there with you i know you are I, I feel the same way. Um, I was even tell my mom yesterday, I'm like, Yeah, I'm doing this interview with hair to Like they interview like these huge people all the time, like I can't believe they're interviewing me. And she's like, Well, Shannon, you are one of them. And I'm just like, I don't know. I mean
2: no Your mom's right. <laughs> so, mom's be, is correct.
4: Be part to be a part of Pressing Phone Friends still too. I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, that's cool. definitely going to be a surreal moment. I, even the fact that like Presley Poe knows who I am and like, we talk, you know, on the phone and stuff. She's just, she's awesome. She she's really awesome. And I'm just so grateful, like for you guys, I'm grateful to, to be a part of it. Um, you know, to be able to go to that, I'm still trying to figure out like, what should I do? You know, like, what should I do? I've been meaning to call you guys cause I'm like, I feel like there's so many different aspects of what I do that I'm like, well, what should I do on stage? Like how much time do I have? Like, what do I, you know? Right. I got, I got to figure it all out. Cause I just, I want it to be, I want it to be awesome.
1: Dude, there's awesome. no doubt in my mind that whatever you do, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> my advice to you would be the same advice Tony gave you five seconds ago. And that's like, just, just be Shannon and you do Shannon. Cause, cause that's what everybody's falling in love with, you know, see her or not.
4: Yeah. I mean, I mean that, you know, that's all you can do. And I think that that's kind of what, what I finally told myself was, it's just like, I just have to be myself. Like, and I think, you know, when you're on Instagram and stuff, people always say that, right. They're always like, Oh, just be yourself or just be yourself. That's what everybody wants to see. But when you start Instagram, like it's not that easy. You can't, you don't just start out being yourself. I think that, um, people it's important to know, that it takes time, like, it takes time to, to get comfortable, um, and, and be able to be yourself, you know, on social media, and then once, but once you get to that point, it's really cool, because then, you know, it's just, like, I, I treat it now, like, how, how I would be in real life, like, and that's kind of why I told myself, I'm just, like, well, the people that know me in real life, like me, they think I'm cool, like, you know, Um, I have friends, (laughs) so I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to do that. Then, you know, what else can you be? Um, and then also just with educating, um, for me, it was kind of intimidating because I was like, I would tell Presley is like, I, I grew up in the hair industry with, you know, Sanvia and Sal Roach and Rachel Roach and like all these people. It's like,
3: these
4: are, these are educators, right? Um, they do it in a very specific way. And that's not me, you know, Um, but, and I saw that as like a downfall, but I think, I think that that, that's okay. Like, it's okay that that's not how I, how I am when, when I teach or if I, when I educate and this and that, like, maybe I'm, you know, like the Bob Ross of of that.
1: Well, Shannon, you have so much to offer. Don't ever downplay what you have to offer. You know what? because
2: you might do it differently, that's what attracts everybody to you That's you it know that's it's, it, so you keep doing you and as we wind this down a little bit and wrap up is there anything you wanna to say to our listeners or you know how can people find you know find you what you're up to and et cetera et cetera et cetera
4: yeah, um, so you can find me at Pigment. I don't know if you have to do all the underscores or not. I think if you just put at p, it probably pops up. I'm pretty sure
1: or at underscore um,
3: p.
4: do you have to do the underscore? I don't know I don't know. I've heard different things, so my yeah, you can follow me at, at pigment um my main my main thing would be you know, I just want to tell people is just figure out like what makes you different you know what makes you stand out um practice all the time and like just be resourceful with the things that you have but um practice 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 is probably the most important thing and then just with any downtime you have um you know educate yourself like learn how to do new things like figure out different apps figure out how to make videos like it's all about content creating and um you know if you feel discouraged because maybe you're not good as good at something as this person or that person, but like everybody starts somewhere and just take a little bit of that like every day and like learn to learn something new and to get better. Um, you can't, can't get better if you don't try and if you don't practice. So.
1: Boom. I think just
4: keep on keeping on.
1: Keep <laughs> on keeping on from, from the great. Keep on keeping on keep it on keep it on
4: like
3: it. <laughs>
1: Shannon did. Thank you for your time. And thank you. Uh, thank you for continuing to inspire, inspire the industry. Cause, um, you know, you, you're doing it way more than I think you even realize, um, what you're doing. Again, you, you, your name comes up in conversation all the time as an inspiration. And, you know, you, you've, you've gobsmacked people, you know, people don't even know how to explain what you're doing because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so far out out of what we've seen. And, 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 and that should be applauded. Um, Miss Shanna Romano, underscore P, underscore a pigment. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review. On iTunes, i um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song "Pleased to Meet You" on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find actually you can you can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease.